listening to this message brought to you by Living Word Church. We trust that as you hear the Word of God preached, you'll be encouraged and equipped to love God and do His will. If you're looking for a church home, please feel free to visit our Sunday morning worship service at 10 a.m. or visit our website at www.livingwordchurch.cc. And now for our message. Part of it is when Dave started to work on this series on the, the heart of God, um, and we didn't quite know which ones he would preach and, and which ones I would. And so it was, wouldn't say it was in any way by happenstance, but as God would have it, um, as Dave and Sam are at cross point uh, preaching, Dave is preaching there this morning and they're there, that I would take on this conversation or this part of this series on fatherhood. And many of you know my own personal story as it relates to fatherhood, and that um, it's a very interesting because uh, my dad was not present the majority of my life growing up. And so I'm trying to share about God's heart as a father. It's something that literally God had to teach me through the pain and the trial of growing up in a single-parent home. And so this uh, word this morning, this message for us this morning, um, should I be able to get through it without um, the realization of the truth of who God is kind of hits me because even as I was preparing, there were moments when I had to kind of just come to grips with just how good our Father really is. And so it caused me even in preparation to think, God, I would not be the father that you've called me to be if you weren't so amazing to me. And so this morning, we're going to just go through it, and I'm going I'm to move fairly quickly, because if I get caught or stuck anywhere, I may not get out of it. Like, I literally, like, it's something that has really been really near and dear to my heart. Um, it's something that's hard to talk about, not that I'm going to be talking about my own personal experience, because this is not about me. This is about God the Father, but just the realization of who God is as our Father and his heart for us, it's almost hard to talk about it and not become emotional. It's just that powerful and it's just that beautiful. And so I'm not going to linger too long. Amen? <laughs> I'm sure I get some amens for that. So before we begin, I'm just going to pray, and we're just going to ask God that he would communicate where I may come up short, because it's not about me, um, but we want to hear a word from the Lord. So Lord God, we thank you. God, we thank you that today we get to open your word, and we get to seek out the heart of the Father. God, it's so, it is so special, it is so beautiful, it is so powerful. It, it covers us even when our earthly fathers may not have been present or whatever it might be. And even if earthly fathers were the best ever, Lord God, we are grateful that they learned that because of your example to us. So God, we, uh, we just ask that your word would just would wash over us today, Lord God, that it would just speak into those innermost places in our heart and in our lives today, Lord God, that as we think about your great love for us, your, your heart for us, God, 
that it would just draw our hearts closer and closer and deeper and deeper in love with you. God, please don't allow anyone to walk out of this place the same as they walked in. Give this to you in your precious name. Amen. So in order for us to begin to understand God's heart as it relates to fatherhood, I have been through this over this past week in preparation. We must first examine our own view of fatherhood. As last week, Dave talked about the steadfast love, and one of the first points he made um, was just about we can't kind of think about God's love in the same context that we think about kind of human love or love around because our human love is, is frail, it's fickle, it's, it's here one day and it's gone the next. It's, it's good if things are good and, and it's gone when things aren't so good, right? And, and so in a likewise manner, when we think about God's heart for, for us and as it relates to fatherhood, our personal experiences oftentimes will come into play. So it's, we think about how our own fathers behave, how they treated us, or how they treated our mothers, how they reacted to frustrations. Maybe your dad was a coach and how he coached the team or how they worked, how they spoke, how they led. I want to show you guys a quick video. It's only a minute and about 30 seconds long. And I want you to, to look at this and I want you to, to be thinking about, um, is this even your your understanding of a father. If we can go ahead and play that. So is that your view or understanding of father? The save the day kind of guy? The provider? The protector? The disciplinarian? I mean, he keeps order, maybe with a heavy hand? Does that relate to a father who may be distant or disconnected? But his presence means he provides. How many testimonies or stories have you heard? You know, my, my dad never told me he loved me or, or cared for me, but, but I knew he did because he made sure the bills were paid. 
And so as we start to connect those types of thinkings to our heavenly father, then it would just go to say that we would be like, well, I don't really know him all that well, but but he covers me, right? I mean, I know about his grace and I know about what was accomplished on the cross. So I may not know God, but, but I know the effects of, of what he's done. And I think some of us may be missing out on a true understanding of God's heart for you and I. Matthew seven eleven says this, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? I guess what? This verse isn't about Christmas. It's not about your birthday. It's not about any gift-giving holiday. This gift that he's talking about is not that, hey, if my dad could give me a puppy, then that means God could give me a lion. Right? I mean, we, we, we try to think about it in forms of the tangibles because that may be our experience with our earthly father. He provided something tangible. When I needed money for school, he provided that. Right? So I don't go to him for kind of real care. I go to him for stuff. And so we sometimes treat our heavenly fathers the same. I go to him for stuff. But I believe and one of the greatest gifts that we're given by God has nothing to do with stuff. 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 to 3 says this. Many of you know it well. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God. And what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. Church, God's true heart for fatherhood is about intimacy and connection with his children. It's not about the stuff. God is a protector. He will protect us. God is a provider. He will provide. God is all-knowing. God is all of those things. But you know what is an amazing gift that we are given from God the Father, his heart towards us, is that he wants us to know him. It's not just enough to provide for you, though he will do that in all of his splendor and glory, but his love that was lavish. When we think about, think of the, 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 the jar of perfume that was cracked open and, and poured over his head, that lavish pouring, not with, with, with no thinking about any left for me, but, but poured it out all for Jesus. That is how Jesus lavishes his love on us is that he calls us children, not so that he could say, hey, I, wanna, I want you to be my children so I can give you things when you ask for it and, and that. No, he says, because we get to have relationship together. 
That's what makes God different from the gods of this earth, little g. Is that he's not just a God of taking care of things, though he takes care of everything. He is a God that says, I want to know you. And I want you to know me deeply. That's not, generally speaking, the, they're always our understanding of father. But I will tell you what, intimacy is not a dirty word. It's not a word only for ladies. It's not a word that's too mushy for men. It is a word that denotes a deep longing for the father to connect with his children. I mean, some of us, even to this day, suffer from insecurities and fears and selfishness and low self-esteem that comes from the lack of intimacy that we had with our earthly fathers. Can I be that honest? Because I will tell you where my insecurities came from. It took me till I was 30 plus years old to figure it out. To not be affirmed by my earthly father, I could not accept affirmation from a heavenly father. I mean, my quest to be this great football player came out of a need for affirmation. Because it wasn't enough to get that from my mom. And though she was there, it was not the same. But the faster and the harder I ran a football, the more people affirmed me and said, yes, he's good. It was hard. It was hard. But here's the great thing, you guys. God wants to affirm you. God. I can't describe him because he is indeed indescribable. But he wants to affirm you as his one, his creation Two, one that he has saved, but three, his child. That he can say, you're pretty amazing. I've got it by good authority to say so because I don't make junk. I couldn't always hear those words. God was distant. He was this man I knew about. I went to church my whole life, so it wasn't that I didn't know of him, I just didn't know him. This isn't in a slide, but Matthew 7, 21 through 23 says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those who do the will of the Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. 
Truth of relationship with Christ is not just about doing. I do good things. It's about the knowing. God, I want to know you. He wants to know you. You can do great things in his name, and he will still say, but I never knew you. You never allowed your heart to be broken open before me, to be vulnerable before me, not about the things you do, but that we have a relationship with one another, that we talk to one another more than God cover this food so I don't choke on it. But that there's conversation that is happening between you and your Abba Father. I mean, we can go back. Even back with Moses and the children of Israel back in Exodus chapter 4. This is what God told Moses. Then say to Pharaoh, this is what the Lord says. Israel is my firstborn son. And I told you, let my son go so he may worship me. But you refuse to let him go. So I will kill your firstborn son. We remember the story. If nothing else, you at least remember it from the movie, The Ten Commandments. (laughs) The plagues. Hand of death. Even early on with the children of Israel, God calls them his firstborn son. He didn't have to do that. It could have just been those chosen people. But he personalized it. He didn't just say, I'm going to cover those people there. He said, no, that is my son. Those are my children. You don't have to be the greatest parent in the world to understand the reality and the gravity of what it means to be a parent. To feel a complete and total sense of responsibility for those who God gave you. Whether it's biological or whether it's foster or whether it's through adoption. Doesn't change a parent's heart for their children. Those in their care. I'll tell you, man, God cares for you and I deeply. I often think it would be so easy with my own children. If I really wanted to know how they were doing, all I got to do or, or how they're doing in school, they have these cool apps now, now that we're in this 21st century, where I can actually just go on the app and I can just text my the son's or daughter's teacher directly from the app. I don't even have to talk to my kids to find out how they're doing in school. Class Dojo will take care of it for me. It allows me to connect. Hey, how are the kids doing in school? Oh, they're doing great. Or, oh, they're doing bad. Great. That's all I needed to know. But no, as a father, I want, when we sit down at the dinner table, I want to talk directly to Malcolm. I want to talk directly to to Autumn. I want to hear their heart from their view how things are going in school. And maybe they can't explain it all that great, and maybe I still have to text the teacher and be like, "Um, this is what he said. Is that true? (laughs) But it's meaningful to me as an earthly father when I have this face-to-face interaction, contact with my kids about things that are going on in their lives. Guys, our heavenly father is no different with us. Our excuse sometimes is, well, he knows every hair on my head. 
There's nothing I'm going to tell him that he doesn't already know. So why even do it? Let's just eliminate the middleman. <laughs> He's got it. He knows everything. I don't really need to talk to him. No, he wants his desire for intimacy and care and love. His heart for us is to talk to us. It's for us to talk to him. I threw in this Zephaniah um, verse here, Zephaniah 3.17, just because I love it. It's just one of my favorites. It says, the Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. That's the God we know, right? The mighty warrior. I mean, we can read through the Old Testament and know he was indeed a mighty warrior, right? I mean, he could just wipe out entire just nations just like that. So he is this mighty warrior, but he says he will take great delight in you. What? That doesn't fit. He's a mighty warrior. He's a, he's a conquering hero. He's, a, he's, he's one that with, with the snap of a finger or with a word can wipe out everyone. Yet it says he will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but rejoice over you with singing. Really? not just this, this God who just kind of, as, as growing up in church, you know, they, they kind of, you'd have this cadence for prayer that was like always the same in the church. And so I always remember there's always a line in a prayer would say, you know, he's a God who, who sits high and looks low, right? There's, there's a sense that he's, he's this distant God who is familiar with what's going on, but, but he's not really engaged in what's going on. He, he sits high and, and he looks low and he kind of manages from a distance, and he's saying, no, that is not who I am. When the Lord God is with you, it's not just this, this mighty warrior conquering hero, although it completely is, he also loves you, delights in you, and sings over you. Even in our sin. I mean, right? Why we were still sinners? The Father's heart, the Father's love, the Father's desire for relationship and connection with us was I am going to redeem. I'm going to make way for them to have a closeness with me, not just now, but for eternity. You can't lavish on any greater love than that, folks. have to see the beauty God's verse that he rejoices over us. I mean, we know God's heart for fatherhood by knowing his son, Jesus. John 1, 14 says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who come from the father, full of grace and truth. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only son who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. God the Father has willingly made himself knowable to us by sending his Son. It also gives us access to the Father through faith in Jesus Christ, that salvation that was accomplished on the cross. 
God's heart is not to be distant or disconnected, but it is to be near. He lived the human experience just so that he can connect and understand us even better. Matthew 11, 28 and 29. I mean, God's experience on this earth, his experience of living as a, as a sinless human, but living on this earth for those years that he lived on this earth makes it so easy then for him to say with legitimacy and to say with real promise, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. He knows the human experience. You may think you are so alone. You may think that no one else knows what it's like to stamp a foot in your shoes, to to, to walk where you're walking, to to deal with the things that you're dealing with, to, to overcome all the weight of everything you have to overcome. And God is saying, I know. I understand. I care. So come to me. There's this invitation. It says, come. Come to me. I know the burdens are hard. I know it's difficult. I I know you're going through a lot. I know you're wrestling with all kinds of unanswered questions. I know it seems impossible, but come to me because in me, in connection and intimacy and relationship with me, you will find rest. so hard. I understand. But the invitation is there for his children. Psalm 103.13 says, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. His compassion far outweighs ours. That is why we're even able to come and approach the father. This is why we have access directly to the holy of holies. We don't have to go through chief priests. We don't have to do any of that. We go directly to the Father. He invites us in. Veil's torn. It's wide open. Come directly to the Father. I am one who loves the story of of the prodigal son. I feel in a lot of ways I have been one in in some of the ways I've lived prior to God really getting a hold of me. And every time I used to read the story of the prodigal son, it was always through the experience of the son because that's who I was. (laughs) But in the last years, I've began to read it through the lens of a father. Man, it's so... Could you imagine this the being this, the, this father whose, whose son essentially says, Dad, I wish you were dead. I'm not waiting for your death to take what is coming to me. I want it now. And as a parent, as a father, you wrestle with that in your heart. Like, but, but, but I, I gave birth to you and I, and I raised you and I provided for you and I've done all these things for you and, and this is how you repay me. This is, this, fine. 
don't have the fight in me anymore. And gifts, the inheritance. And in humanly speaking, I'm like, this is when you shut the door and change the locks. Just in case he decides to change his mind. <laughs> you have burned that bridge and I'm burning that bridge and you will not be coming back over it. But that is not the heart of our father. It's wild. Do you imagine being that father who's looking out the curtains every day to see when that son will return? Even though he's broken his heart with his behavior, broken his heart with his decisions, he still looks out over the horizon to see when he's going to see his son's head come across that field, come down that road. And one day, we don't know how long it's been, maybe it's been two years, maybe it's been three years, and all of a sudden he's just looking like he always does, and I'm sure his wife is like, what are you doing? He's not coming back. But there's just always this, no, I got to keep looking because I'm waiting, I'm waiting for the day, and that day comes. And he sees the head of his son coming just over the horizon. We don't know how much time has elapsed, but this father immediately knows that's his son. I can only imagine this, maybe not even seeing the whole being far enough away, but maybe just the way be how he bounced or whatever it was. I mean, obviously, we knew the brother was son. I mean, his life was completely turned upside down. So I'm sure he didn't look the same. I mean, he had just been in the trough with the pigs a little bit ago, right? Eating the figs that the pigs were eating. So, I mean, he's not clean. He doesn't look like this, this guy that left however long ago it was, but here he comes and the father notices him immediately. Father knows his child. And he runs. He runs. We got a chance to live that experience <clears throat> some years ago with the son that the Lord gave us. And I remember, it was Bill Prince who said, we're going to pray that your heart doesn't get hard so that when he comes to his senses, as that scripture says, you will be able to receive him. Oh my goodness, you guys, that was hard. That was hard. But God did that. I know some of us are still waiting for our children to come to their senses. And I pray for you, just as was spoken over me, that your heart will not grow hard in the waiting. That it will still stay, stay supple the same way our Father God's heart is for us that our hearts will stay that same way for maybe our wayward children. That when they do come to their senses and they return, that we're able to receive them with arms wide open because that is how our Father in heaven receives us. When we've broken promises, when we've done things wrong, he continues to say, come home. He invites us in.
then how do we get to go deeper in this intimacy with Christ? This is where I want to end our time. John chapter 6, verse 35 says this. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. God's intimate, caring love for you and I is on full display in his word. We must ingest the word of God as if it is the last supper. (laughs) Literally. We must, man, approach him through his word to get to know intimately the heart of God because his heart is for us. His love is for us. It is lavishly just there. He is singing over us. He's, he's dancing over us. He is, he is, his heart is like, come home, I'm waiting for you. His heart is, I desperately want to spend time with you. I know that thing you're doing is really important. I know you're, you're watching your favorite show. I know This Is Us is about to come back on. And I know that you want to watch that show, but that's okay. DVR exists so that you could still spend time with me. I know there's a lot of running around and things you have to do, but I long. I'd long for time with you. I long just to hear your heart. I long for you just to tell me about your day. Tell me the good. Tell me the bad. Tell me the ugly. I can handle it. If we begin to approach our God in that way, I promise you this you will find and discover and uncover a love that you've never known. Husbands and wives, we, we, we work really, really hard to love one another, but we can't know a perfect love like the love of God the Father. We are going to disappoint one another as humans. But as we engage with the heart of God, there is no disappointment found. God's heart for you and I as our Father is that he longs, longs for intimacy with you and me. He wants it. We're going to close with this final video. And it is simply a God's love letter to you and I. And as this is playing, I just want you to just be praying even in your own heart as these words are spoken over you, that if, if you know, if you know that, that you've not given God the, the time that he requires, that he desires, that if we've put everything else before him, that you would this day be drawn back into a deeper pursuit of our Heavenly Father. Amen? I'll let that...